You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 210. I know that I can be successful, but you know how you have this little chatter? You have two chatters. You have a good chatter and you have a bad chatter. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to start off with a customer review. Her handle is It's Christina AAXOXO. Isn't that fun? <laughs> and she writes Sue is amazing. I just listened to episode 198 with my client, Megan Almon, and loved the energy that Sue brought to the conversation. I liked how Sue drew Megan out. She's an entertaining and engaging host. Thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate that feedback. And you're right. I mean, I don't have scripted questions. I just go with the flow. We kind of start with a little bit of an outline. So we have some type of format of what we're going to talk about. But I just let the conversation go where it may. And I'm always thinking of you, Gift Biz listeners. I'm thinking of, okay, what are the questions that are coming from whatever my guest is saying? And that's where I go. <laughs> so it's very interesting. I never truly know what's going to happen on any given show. So once again, Christina, thank you for this review. And thank you, Gift Biz listeners, those of you who have already done a rating or review. If you haven't and feel like you want to give back to the show, this is an excellent way to do so. What happens in iTunes when there are consistent, regular rating and reviews, it brings the visibility up. The show goes up in the rankings so that other gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers can find the show and listen to all the goodness that our guests bring. So that's why you often hear podcast hosts reminding people that it's always nice to do rating and reviews. Plus, another thing that's in it for you is you might get your name mentioned, so your company highlighted, and your review read right here on the show. All right, moving on to what I have in store for you today, another on-air coaching call. I'm really excited about this one because it brings a little bit of a different spin to a topic that we've talked about regularly, but not in this way. So I've known Sandy for, I don't know, somewhere around 10 years. And she's been running her business on the side, you know, ramping it up a little bit, slowing it down a little bit over the course of all of that time. But now she's at a point where she's really ready to up her game. And she's declared 2019 her year to make some significant changes towards the revisioning of her business, if you will. You see, she's looking at her business now, not as a side hustle, but as something that she can retire into. Now, she's not retiring next year. She's got a little bit of a runway. So very smart of her to be thinking right now about what she wants to do and how she wants to prep her business so that when she does retire, she can smoothly make the transition in and she's already got a lot of activity and income coming from the business. So she's preparing the way and interested in getting new contacts and new clients. 
So this strategy that I was just referring to is all about networking. And I know a lot of you are like, okay, I'm ready to start and go to another podcast now. Or you're thinking networking, just not for me. I'm not going to do it. I want you to stay tuned and listen to what we talk about because we're talking about a little bit of a different spin on networking than you've heard before. And you know, lots of times we talk about joining different networking groups, so chambers or BNI groups or lots of new small business type networking groups are popping up all over, which are great because they have a different flavor and a different feel to them. But how do you get the most out of a networking group? Because you are definitely investing your time and many of them have membership fees as well, right? So how can you for the several hundred dollars that most of these networking groups cost, how can you make the most out of that initial investment? I talked through with Sandy a few things that may have never been considered before when you're looking at networking events. It's not just going to those morning coffees or those after hours. There's a whole lot more you can do with the membership. Have I piqued your interest? Without any further ado, let's jump in to my on-air coaching call with Sandy. Today, I am so excited to have on the show Sandy Monroe of Decor Baskets. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Good morning, Sue. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Wonderful. Well, I know you listen to the show, so you are already anticipating the first question I'm going to ask you. I like to have our listeners find out about you in a different way, not the general intro like we normally do, and that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to share what color a candle would be and what a quote or some type of saying would be that speaks you, Sandy, what would your motivational candle look like? Well, my color would be pink. And the quote that I would use is, nothing is impossible. The word itself, I'm possible by Audrey Hoffburn. Love that. And what does that mean to you right in this very day? In this very day, it means to me that things that I think that's impossible is not impossible because I'm possible. Perfect. And that's true. And that's going to be the theme, I think, through all that we talk about here. Correct. Okay, so tell us about Decor Baskets, how it started, why it's named as it is. Just give us a feel and a grounding for the business. Well, Decor Baskets was started in 1997. At that time, I was young then. You're still young, Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) I was much younger then. I'm still young, but I was much younger then. At the time, I was pregnant, so I wanted to stay home with my first kids. I didn't believe in putting kids in daycare. So my husband at the time said I could stay at home, and my dad is the one that got me started into gift baskets because he knew that my first passion was designing, but my designing was clothing. Oh, no kidding. Yes. I wanted to be a fashion designer. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's one of those little hidden secrets that I just don't tell everybody. But I wanted to do ball gowns. I wanted to have my gowns on the women that was going to the Oscars, the Grammys, daytime Emmys. Mm -hmm. So when that didn't pan out, my dad said, hey, I found something else that you can use with your hands. And so he bought me a book and it was Shirley Frazier's book. So I read her book and was interested. Sounded like fun. So I started researching more. And then when I made my first basket, 
and sold my first basket, I was like, oh, this might be something. So at the time, I named it after my first son, the business after my first son, but it didn't have a ring to it. But four years later, I had my second son. And so I was sitting up late one night and I was trying to put the names together to come up with a name to make it sound pretty, elegant, classy. So my oldest son's name is Deshaun and my youngest son is Corzell. So all I did was took the first three letters of their name and combine them together. And that's how we ended up with decor, decor baskets and more. Got it. Well, and you know, I'm sure people have said this to you before, but when I first met you, now we've known each other for, I don't know, quite a few years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, quite a few. And But I really haven't known the backstory about your business or any of that, really. But when I first heard of Decor Baskets without knowing it was named after your sons, I was mm-hmm. thinking Decor was kind of a play off of decor, like for event planning and all that, which gift baskets fit into too. Right. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. <laughs> And a lot of people think that, but then when I explain to them, no, this business is named after my children. Yeah, it's kind of a play. It's nice for both. Right. Because it, it's still easy to remember because of that, because you can relate it to decor. Exactly. So how were you getting business back then? By word of mouth. Okay. And then at that time, I said, well, I'm tired of staying at home with the kids. I need to go get the job. So when I went and got a job, I would just, you know, at work, do my normal thing of chit-chatting. And I would, they were like, well, what else do you do? And I was like, oh, I do gift baskets on the side. And, and he's like, oh, well, let me see some pictures. And then I would get orders that way from my coworkers. And then I still had a lot to learn about the networking and about how to do the marketing and promotions and all of that, all of those different things. You know what you did that was really smart, Sandy, is you told people about what you do on the side. So many people won't do that. They'll split, especially if you have a nine to five, you kind of keep everything else a secret. And here was a great opportunity for you to share. And just to your point that you get a lot of business through referrals because you're telling people. You can't get business through referrals if you're not telling people what you do, right? (laughs) Exactly. And right, even now, I have it to the point where I'll send my product to the job and I'll open it right there at the job because my coworkers, they're nosy, so they want to know what I'm doing. So they want to see what I got. Oh, there you go. And half the time, I sold half the stuff out the box that then came in. I had to reorder (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) So you're just selling off some of the product versus actually putting it into the basket. Into a basket, right. Oh, that's funny. And you're selling it for more than cost, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Just had to ask that question first. (laughs) Oh, no. I love my employees, but they have to pay too. (laughs) There you go. Very good. And so what do you do? What's your nine to five? Well, my nine to five, I am a dispatcher for a local restaurant chain. So I actually work for Luby's and Foot Ruckers. Oh, okay. And so what do you do in your job during the day? I basically keep the stores running. So when things break, they'll call it in. I'll send a vendor out to take care of AC issues, plumbing, tile work, the basic. It's like keeping up a house. So I keep up the restaurants just like we keep up a house. Okay. You know, that's important to know. And the reason I was asking Not to be snooping, but it shows what other skills you already have that you could apply then to your other business, right? So with organizing and communication and all of that, those are skills that you're using as a dispatcher. So that's a good thing to know too. 
All right. So as you look at your business, Sandy, how are you looking at decor baskets in relation to your nine to five? Share with me a little bit about your goals in terms of where decor fits in your life. Well, decor is the job that I actually want to retire to. Okay. I know that might sound strange, but I want to actually leave my eight to five and go into decor baskets and do it full time. And the reason why I want to do that, because that job actually makes me happy. For me, it's different. It actually relieves the stress. So like when I'm stressed, I'll go and create a basket. I might not sell it, but I'll create it just to relieve the stress from the daytime. Mm -hmm. And I know when you go into business full time, you're still going to be stressed. But it's a different type of stress for me because after I create something or I deliver something to someone and that person receive it and I see that they're happy, that takes the stress of all of maybe what went on at Decor Baskets that day. So if something didn't come in correctly if I had an irate customer because they didn't get something or something wasn't delivered on time. But when I see the recipient that receives the gift that I created, it makes me feel better. So it relieves that stress. But your goal eventually is that decor baskets grows to a point where it does it need to replace the income that you're making from your eight to five? Yes. I wanted to actually double the income from my eight to five. Okay, so one thing to think of, and we can't tackle everything on this call, but one thing to start thinking about with that is you obviously know what your income is. I'm not going to ask you here. So you also know what double would be. Right. The other thing to consider is any extra costs you have currently with your job right now. So commuting, if you have to take a bus or a train somewhere, if if you have to drive far, if you have parking on the other side, those would be things that if you're doing decor baskets, whether it's out of your house or somewhere, I don't know how far you commute, but any extra costs that you have, you can pull those out of what your income is because you're not going to incur those costs anymore. Okay. Just as you start thinking. I've noticed if I stop working, because it takes me an hour I commute about an hour to and from work. So, and actually I do decor baskets from my home, which is great because I have all this extra space that I can actually use once my kids move out. So that'll mean that I won't really have to get a storefront. I can just work from home and everything can be done from home. It'll cut my daytime income in half. So I won't be using all of the extra money like gas, lunch, Okay, that is something that you'll want to know. So whatever, I mean, just to have yourself grounded in, this is the income eventually I need decor to make. We're just going to call it decor. I know it's decor Mm -hmm. baskets and more, but we're Mm -hmm. just going to call it decor here. This is how much it needs to be making. So it's whatever your salary is minus whatever your costs are and then double that. Right. Okay, so the first thing to do, if you haven't already, it sounds like you have kind of a feel for it, but I would really tighten up that number and then say, okay, I know that this company needs to make X, okay? Okay. Now, part of your challenge is going to be that as you're building it, you can't do it full time because you're working your job. Correct. Okay. Now, does your job comes with benefits as well? It comes with benefits, but I don't use the benefits. Okay, so you don't have to worry with this new number that you need to try and reach with Decor. You don't need to worry about added benefits on top of that. No, no, no. 
Okay, perfect. Okay, so get a feel. That's the very first thing I would do is get a feel for what that number would look like, what you would need, okay? Okay. All right, so in my little questionnaire that I gave you in the beginning, I give some ideas of different types of things that we can talk about. And you highlighted all of them. (laughs) So what do you think would be the best way for us to go with this conversation to get the most bang out of our time together? What's your biggest struggle right now with your business? Right now is just balancing. Okay, so balancing between your eight to five and working with decor. Right. It's like I'm trying to figure out how to, I know that I'm supposed to network. But then here in Houston with networking, I don't really want to network at a bar because everyone is drinking. So will they remember me in the morning? Because I'm not the one that drinks. Not anymore. I mean, I I do, but I don't. But if I'm trying to network, I don't want to be tipsy trying to get someone's business. So do I do that or do I go to the events that are in the morning? So do that mean I have to schedule around going to a networker in the morning and then just going to work late? Can you do that? I can a little bit, but since we change department heads, I kind of have to be a little careful. At first, I could do it. But then we had other coworkers at my job that decided to come in when they wanted to. So the days that I wanted to go and do what I needed to do, I couldn't do it because we always had to have two dispatchers. So that's where I'm trying to work around. Now, this year, I have four weeks of vacation. I really don't take vacation. And the only time I take vacation is when we see each other in August. And that's my vacation. And we go to a conference together. So that's my vacation. That's what I call vacation. But everybody, they call it work. But to me, it's my vacation because I get away from my daytime job. Right. But you're learning and working on growing decor, too. Right. So... Now I take these other days that I have, let me figure out how to work those into going to something in the morning. So that's been kind of hard because I've been doing this particular thing for the last 10 years and I'm trying to figure out how to switch it. And it's kind of hard because I don't know how to switch it. Okay. So when you talk about networking, what are you trying to get out of networking? Just actually meeting people, letting them know what I do. Also learning little different things on what other people do besides what I do. For the whole goal of getting in business. Right. Because what you're really driving at is trying to get to that number that you're going to figure out so that you can make some changes in your life. Exactly. Okay, I have two questions for you. How are you getting your current business? Is it still all referrals? There's still referrals. And I post on my, because the social media platforms that I use is Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So I do a lot of posting on those, but I'm not really seeing, I'm seeing the interaction, but I'm just not seeing the likes turn into clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to turn the likes into clients or how do I actually turn those people that are following me into clients. Okay, perfect. So both of those between networking and social media, you're looking at getting sales. That's your goal. Exactly. How close are you? And I'm guessing the number is going to be small because you have a full-time job. But like as a percentage, if let's say your number, we're going to keep this just for simple math. Let's say you needed to do $50,000 a year. Okay. How close are you to that? Are you at like 5% of that? Me, I'd probably say about 3%. 
3%. Okay. So you've really, it sounds to me, like been taking business when it can come in, but not really aggressively pursuing business yet. Is that a fair statement? Yes. And apart from the fact that you have some time challenges, what else is keeping you from pursuing that business? To be honest, a little bit of fear. Okay. What about fear? Fear from me, because I was asked this question the night before, and I think it's the fear of success. Ooh. Okay. Talk some more. (laughs) (laughs) I know that I can be successful, but you know how you have this little chatter? Mm -hmm. You have two chatters. You have a good chatter and you have a bad chatter. Well, sometimes my bad chatter outweighs my good chatter. And what is your bad chatter saying to you, Sandy? You can't do this. This is not for you. Why are you trying so hard? You're not going to be successful. And it's like the other chatter is saying, oh, no, you can do this. You've been doing this for so long. Why can't you do this? So you've got both of those competing voices, which we all have, by the way, Sandy. And the hard part is they're never going to go away. Like even when you get to that we're just going to call it 50 because that's just an easy number. And I alluded to it earlier. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. even when you get to that 50, you're still going to have that chatter. And then you're going to get to 70 and you're still going to have that chatter. Everyone has the chatter. So the skill is to make it shut up or ignore it. Right. It's going to come back just not to listen to it. It's like kind of how you turn your back on the bully or something. Right. And that's something that I've been working with. This year, because I said 2018, you're going to be successful in 2019. So we're going to focus on you can do this. There's no such thing as you can't. So I've been listening to more of the good chatter. And it's more of the I'm changing my mindset. Perfect. So in that way, to work on the fear part. And is the fear just this other voice or is there more fear than that? No, it's just the fear of being successful because I know I can be successful because I've seen it once before. Because when I first initially did the business and I made that first $500, mm-hmm. I never thought I would make the first $500, but I did. So then I knew then I could do it. Right. But then as things in you know life happens, so fear said, hey, I know where I can get in and get to her. So it got in and got to me. So like now I'm like, no, I can't deal with fear anymore because fear is not my friend. Fear is not your friend, but it sounds like you have the right mindset in that you recognize the fact that you just need to ignore it. You can be rude to that voice and you can just ignore it. Exactly. Make it go sit in a corner or something. Yes. (laughs) You know, and hopefully never come up again. But it's like that bad child. It gets up from the chair and comes and finds you. Right. But just knowing that fact, and it sounds like even though you recognize it, you pretty much know what to do with it now. Right. That's good. Because if you have things that are obstacles and you don't do anything different than you've done before, nothing changes, right? Right. So for the mindset portion with fear, it sounds like you've got some of that covered. You know it's there. You accept the fact, but you're not always listening to it. Right. Okay, but here's a big question, Sandy. Is it preventing you from doing things or do you feel like you're going to be able to work through that fear? Well, at first it was preventing me from doing things. But now, no, I'm going to do those things. Perfect. Okay. And one of the best ways to 
discourage that whole fear thing and make it stay in the corner is by taking action. Exactly. You know, is like is not listening to it and doing, physically doing whatever it is. Right. So for sake of this conversation, can we say that you recognize that fear is out there, the fear of success, but that you've kind of got that covered right now? Yes. All right. So now let's get back to the whole concept of challenge. And it's challenge in how do I handle everything that I have going on in my life, but also wanting to get decor going on some type of trajectory to increase sales. Exactly. Okay. Have you done any networking meetings? I know you don't like the bar scenario. Have you done any of them? And give me your experience with those. I've done maybe one or two so far. Well, not this year, but last year I did maybe one or two. And the one event I went to, I sat at a table and we all networked and stuff like that. But when I would do my follow-up, I would never hear back from them. How would you be doing follow-up? Well, I would send an email and let them know I enjoy meeting them at the event. And if we could get together and sit down and have a cup of coffee or tea, and chat a little bit more, but it would never respond to the email. Okay. So let's talk through a couple of things here. I want to separate in-person networking, we'll just call it all networking, mm-hmm. versus social media. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about social media second, but I think your biggest opportunity first is networking. Okay. Hands down, it's the best way to get business when you're a local business, for sure. Yes, of course, social media has a play in it. And I have some comments for you on social media later, but I think we should really dive into networking. Okay. And if you're serious about your business, Sandy, which I think Mm -hmm. you are, I think it's an excellent idea if you can work it out with your employer to be able to take specific, it doesn't even have to be all morning like structured time. And I think you can even say, this is what I'm using it for. I'm not just hanging out, playing around or sleeping in late. This is what I'm doing. They already know and clearly accept that you have the business if you're able to get product there and people buy product from you and all of that. So if there were a way that you could work that in, now we'll talk through about what that should actually be. Okay. But if you have that opportunity, I see this as your biggest potential for getting in more business so that this time, six months from now, you're already seeing things rising. Okay. Okay. You noticed I didn't say 30 days from now, because it does take some time, right? And I'll tell you how you do it too. I'll tell you the right way to make it start working for you. First thing with networking, just in terms of structure, is I would identify what organizations exist in Houston Mm-hmm. that would be good for you in terms of their makeup. And I actually have a couple to tell you about after we get off the recording, because I just don't have them accessible. Okay. But I have a couple that I think you might be interested in. Have you looked into any of the Chamber of Commerces in your area? Yes, I have. I definitely have. And? I have one that's close by me where I live, because I live out in the suburbs. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try... The one that's out here. It's not actually mine because I'm in Fort Bend and they have their chamber. But then there's another one that's on the outskirts, which is maybe 15, 20 minutes from where I live now. So I'm going to try them first because it's a smaller one, but they do a lot of stuff. 
Okay, good. Perfect. So I want to start with the smaller ones first before, because there are some larger ones that are in the city that I want to join. But I think I need to start with the smaller one first where I can feel a little bit more comfortable before I tackle the big ones. Well, yeah. And the other thing is every chamber has a different feel to it. And that applies Mm -hmm. to BNI groups or any of these larger where they're under an umbrella. Every chapter has its own feel, right? Right. And I would not say that you can get more business out of a larger chamber versus a smaller chamber. It really depends on what the makeup is, what the culture of the chamber is, and a couple of other things we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay. And I also don't think you do this broad approach where you join 7,000 million chambers. I think what you should do, and it sounds like you're already thinking this direction, which is perfect, is go as a guest. Most times, chambers will let you go for one or two times as a guest before you have to become a member of the chamber. But go to maybe a couple and get a feel for how they are. And the reason I say, and let me just put a stake in the ground and say three, okay, because then you get a feel for how they conduct meetings And then you have a comparison. If you only go to one and you like it, you don't know if there's another one that's better because you only have been to the one. That's why I'm saying like go to three and make a choice of one. Okay. Only one. And the reason I'm saying one is because you don't have the time right now. Okay. So let's follow through with this concept. So let's say you're going to do the one. This is you found your winner because it's also a financial investment. Then you join with whatever the costs are. Now, here's the trick for chamber and networking. You have to be there regularly. One of the good things about a chamber is they meet once a month, right? Right. So you want to make sure you're at their meetings once a month, which ends up being easy because you already know when they are. So you can fit that in with whatever your vacation time would be. Correct. And then you start getting to know people who are there. That's the first thing, obviously. People who are in the room. And- What ends up happening always is the same people come to the meetings. Let's say it's a coffee meeting, okay? And I would suggest if you have chambers that are only meeting at night, I would go for morning meetings because I think they're more business focused, at least initially. Now, a lot of chambers also will have after hours or nighttime parties, which is also good. I'll talk about those in a second. But what you're going to want to do, Sandy, is go to those meetings on a regular basis And not try to scan the room and meet everybody all at once. Zero in on a couple of people each meeting to get to know. Right. If they have boards, try and get active on boards. If they have other events, like become very visible within a chamber. Okay? Right. Now, the other thing with the chamber is there are other people who are part of the chamber who probably don't come to the networking meetings. They've joined the chamber because they want to be on the directory or the chambers reached out because it's a larger organization. Like I know in our area, we have banks, the hospital, the art center, lots of other organizations that are part of our chamber, but those people don't come to meetings. So this is now step two. Step one is getting to know people in that room, wherever the networking is. What I would say to you about that is make a phone call to them versus emailing them after you've met and maybe just one or two people and just say, I'd love to get together. And so many people are getting together because they want to sell you their stuff, which is not what you want to do. You want to get to know all the things that they do, that the magic in chambers or 
and networking overall is to get to know other people in the room and see how you can help them because in turn, it circles back to help you, okay? So when you're talking with people who you've met there and you follow up and say, hey, I'd love to have coffee. I am so interested in what your business does. I would love to know more. Do you have a half an hour for coffee Saturday morning or try and get that on the weekend if you can because of your scheduling? But the point is not so you can tell them all about decor baskets. That's gonna come up anyway in the conversation but you want to know more about their business. That's the point, okay? Right, 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 right. And that's the conversation when you're in those networking meetings too. Tell me about your business. What do you do? Oh, that's so cool. Who are most of your clients like? You know, whatever the conversation is, but you're wanting to know more about them to see if you personally or anybody else you know could use their services. Use their services, correct. So that's point one. Then step two with these networking groups is who else is part of the organization like the chamber but never goes to these meetings? These could be your golden corporate accounts. Okay. Okay. So for our listeners here within the gift basket business, you can do customized gift baskets and individual onesies and twosies all day long. Unless you're Harry and David or someone where people automatically know the name. Unless you get some type of regular corporate business, Sandy will never get to where she wants to go without getting some type of regular account, okay? Whether it's an industry like realtors or something like that, or realtors, financial services, that type of thing, or some corporations, that's going to be your golden ticket to your 50000 Okay. Okay. What I'm trying to show you is one networking organization has a number of different angles you can go to for business. So that investment of, I don't know, $300, let's say for a chamber, I don't know what your chamber would be, but we'll just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be just for the opportunity you're getting from a morning coffee once a month event. There's way more play you can do off of that. Okay. Okay. So number one, who's in the room? Number two, corporate accounts. Or larger companies who don't show up at the functions, at the meetings, but they're members of the group. So you want to look at the member list, see who else is there, and pull out a couple of people who you want to meet. And they'll have their contact information there, etc. Now, some of these folks might not go in the morning. And retailers, by nature, I find, often don't go to morning networking events because they have to get open in their shop. You know, and if a shop opens at 10, they still need to be there by 8.30 or 9, depending on their business. So many times, they'll be the people who show up at night. So when you talk about not going to things that are at a bar after hours or something like that, if it's in conjunction with a chamber that also has the morning coffee, you'll see a different audience show up. You'll also see that the behavior is different. Now it's after work, even if it's a Tuesday night, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, if people are drinking, that's fine. It's just a different type of an atmosphere. So I would go to some of those events when you can, because you'll see different people. Okay. And then the other thing I would do, again, with if it's a chamber or whoever it is, if they have some boards you can sit on, sometimes they'll be rallying their members because of a certain time-limited activity they're doing, like a 4th of July parade or it's the 100th anniversary or something like that. So they'll look for subcommittees that isn't something where you're committing your time for the whole year, but for a portion, you know, like three months or something. And the value of that 
is the other people who are on that committee, number one, because that's another easy way to get to know people. But then also you become more credible and visible within your community. Okay, gotcha. So that helps, especially when you're a home-based business, that helps show your level of professionalism. Okay. Okay, because she's part of this group and doing this and, oh, she's on the committee for this. And yeah, I saw her at the chamber meeting last month, things like that. There, I just gave you four different ways that you can use one networking membership, whatever it is, and all those extensions. Now, the other thing you can do, because all we're really talking about here is how do you find avenues to new business? Right. The other thing that you can do is in your... I would start with your hometown just for delivery purposes, but then extend the radius a little bit. Mm -hmm. What businesses are out there that you'd love to be doing business with? Maybe it's a hospital. Maybe it's, I don't know who would be there, but bigger businesses, they may not be part of the chamber, so you don't have the linkage that way. Mm -hmm. But if you targeted, let's say, two or three of those larger companies... Then when you're in the networking meetings and you stand up and you talk about your business, Mm -hmm. you can also then say, hey, I'm looking for a connection within XYZ company. If anybody knows anybody within that business, will you let me know? And it doesn't have to be the person who would be buying gift baskets or corporate gifts because they could help find that person. This is kind of like a face-to-face LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Okay, so you reach out because someone might be, oh, my next door neighbor is in charge of accounting there. Oh, no kidding. Do you think I could chat with him? I'm looking for the person who's in the marketing department. See how that extension goes like that? Right. Okay, so that's another way because I think what you're going to want to start doing is driving towards continual business, the more corporate type business as you can. But by stepping it up, you can do it in all these ways that we just mentioned. Okay, got it. Do you have any questions about any of that? No, you actually answered all of the questions that I needed. Okay, so that's that. I do have a little bit more for you here. And of course, you're going to get the recording. And when the show goes live, it'll be there too. So you can listen to this over and over again. You'll have the information. How comfortable are you when you get up and do your little elevator speech in front of people? Are you good with that? Oh, Lord, Sue. No mail. All right, Sandy. (laughs) Here is your template. Are you ready? Yes. You're going to say, hi, I'm Sandy Monroe, owner of Decor Baskets and More. Okay. We help, and then you fill in who your customer is. Okay? Okay. And we're not going to have a lot of time to go through that here on the phone today, but don't think about just the next part of this is not, we sell gift baskets for all your gifting needs. Okay, that means nothing to anybody. Okay. So you want to decide who your customer is specifically. I would suggest businesses and corporate with, and then what it is that is the result of these gift baskets. So it could be client retention, referrals, employee retention, whatever it is. Okay. Okay. Through wonderful experiences with food and gifts or something like that. Okay, so it's who you are what your business is, who your customer is, how you end up helping them, what the result is, and then your product. Now, once you've got that down, it's okay to have it written on a piece of paper. And if you get nervous, just pull out that piece of paper when you stand up and talk. Nobody cares. 
And the goal of this message, by the way, I keep calling it an introduction message versus an elevator speech, because this is what it is. It's just you're introducing people to you. You don't have to tell them where you do work. You don't have to give them, we do baskets for all occasions, birthdays, and every, like you don't have to throw in everything about your business. All you're right. doing is just a very surface level thing. And just be who you are. You are so cute in person already. So just be yourself and just be like, I'm Sandy Monroe. This is what I do. Thank you for letting me come today. I'm looking for a chamber to join. You guys are so much fun this morning. Thank you for having me. Like that's your final part. It's just personality-ish. And then you sit down and you're done. Okay. Okay. So that's the way you do that. Okay. And the trick is going to be once you find the chamber that you like, or I keep saying chamber, but it doesn't have to be chamber, keep going and then entrench yourself into the organization. And it does take some time for people to start gravitating to you and remembering you for business. But you at the same time, when people are getting to know you and getting a feel for you and getting more comfortable with you, at the same time, you can be doing all these other things we just talked about, asking for connections with corporate locations, looking at the member list and initiating meetings with other people. You can still be doing that and getting business through those means while you're building up a credibility thing where people will automatically come to you. So it's a little bit of both. So that's that. Now, here's the other thing I want to say to you about all of that and the issue with balance, like we were talking about in the beginning, is you have limited time to work. So you want to make sure that when you're working, I love the idea that you like putting together the baskets and it makes you feel good, but make sure you're doing things that are going to bring you the business. So make that basket if you want to, but don't like redesign the bow five times. (laughs) I'd rather you be looking at the chamber list and seeing what other members you want to be contacting. You know what I mean? Like be really, really conscious of what you're doing and say, is this going to help me get new business? Making a basket on the side isn't necessarily going to make, it's like a secondary, right? Right. Because it's so easy to not do the things that are harder. Exactly. And then you don't make progress. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Perfect. And then social media, I don't think we're going to have a lot of time for right now, Mm -hmm. but I will make a comment to you that your social media presence, from what I've seen, is gorgeous. I don't know who's doing your imagery, and I haven't really looked at the messaging, but Mm -hmm. it's very consistent in terms of your style to me. Okay. And I love what you put out there. Oh, thank you. You're also super cute. I would love to see you going live sometimes. Have you been? I haven't seen it, but have you been? Uh, no, ma'am. Okay. I'll put that down. Go live. Well, you'll want to go live with intention. So we're not going to be able to get to a lot of that right now. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about it before. Yes. I've done some presentations on live. I don't know if you guys still have access to it or not, but you'd want it to be a purpose and an intent. But I would definitely think about doing that because, again, you're so cute, you're so personable, and you're very professional. You know, not everyone... Even though they're dressed right and all of that, not everyone gives off that presence of professionalism as you do. Oh, well, thank you. I'm being serious. So you can play off of that. That's another reason why going to networking events will be so good for you. Okay. Good? Got it. Okay. Do you have any questions for me? No, actually, you've given me everything that I needed to know. Okay. So what are you going to do next? What are your first steps now that we've talked? My first steps will be planning to check out a chamber, Mm -hmm. go as a guest, 
I've done my research on this one particular one, so I already know what the membership fee is. But I do want to go first just to check it out to see if if the feel is right. Okay. Think about doing a couple, but it's your choice. You are the steerer of your own ship. So if you decide this is the one you want, just do it. Yes, I'm going to do a couple. So this is closer by my house. Then I can go to this one. So I'll know like, okay, I can get up in the morning, go to the chamber in the morning for two hours and then hang out there for those two hours and then on my way to work. Okay. And then the next one, I'll try to find one that's in the city that's closer to my job in that area and try one of their events in the evening. So I could do the one here that's by my house in the morning and then I can do one that's in the city in the evening if they have an evening event. I know that's one that I need to work on. I need to do a lot more networking. Yeah, and then deep dive into that networking. When you've picked them, just really entrench yourself. And then try to get on a board at one of the networkers to see what committees they have and see if I can join a committee, which will be fun. And then after that, I'll work on going live. Okay, perfect. And then also start thinking about, and you'll hear this all again, you know, when you hear the recording again, but think Mm -hmm. about two or three corporations you would love to be doing business with. And three corporations, okay. And then try and find who contacts are in those areas where you could start talking to people. Okay, I mean, you're obviously not gonna do all of this at once. The first part is going to be getting into networking. And Sandy, also remember, you do have an eight to five. So it will take you a little longer to progress with some of this. And that's okay, because you're balancing. That's okay. Right. So be kind to yourself with your progression, but don't use it as an excuse to go slow. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'm excited for you. Me too. I really think if you do this, honestly and truly, if you do this, by the time I see you, just about six months from now, actually. Exactly. Then you should be in a different position than you are right now. You'll be growing. You will be growing. I can guarantee you that. Yes. Wonderful. I did have a goal by the time I turned 45. I'm supposed to be at a certain... I had a goal, but I'm not there yet. So I think I'm going to give you five more years. So by the time I turn 50, where I was supposed to be at 45, we're going to try to be there at 50. That's okay. There is nothing wrong with that, right? But the only way to do that is to do something differently. Right. Not just to keep doing the same thing, but to be working something differently. And Sandy, I've got to tell you, I saw it for myself. One account can do it for you. The right account, one account can catapult you from 10,000 to 50,000. Exactly. Again, I don't know that those are anywhere near what your numbers are you're looking at, and we don't need to go there, but it doesn't have to be slow either, but it's when do you find that account? You have to be out there to be able to capture it, to get it. Right. Super. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on today. And hopefully, like you forgot about the audience and it was just you and me talking because that's what I wanted it to be. I want you to feel good. Like, I want you to get off this phone and be like, okay, I'm so excited. I know exactly what I'm going to do next and I'm going to do it this coming week. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I think this is exactly what I needed was just that extra um. To say, mm-hmm. hey, you can do this. And I think that's my whole thing right now is I can do this and I have to do this. You can do this. And the other thing, are you in the Gift Biz Breeze with us yet? Yes, I think. Okay, so if you're not, join. It's free. Okay. No cost. But a lot of people who listen to the podcast are also in that group. 
So they will have heard this. Talk to us about how it's going. Okay. And if you have a challenge, if something's not like you're stuck with something, then post it and we'll all talk about it there. Okay. That most definitely. This doesn't have to be the end of this whole conversation. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right, Sandy. Well, thanks again. We're doing this on a Saturday morning. So have a great rest of your weekend. Most definitely. You too. Thanks. Good stuff. Yes. And Sandy, now you have the whole world that you're accounting to to make 2019 your year. And those of you who have been listening and are already in some type of a chamber or other networking group, take advantage of these things that we talked about of ways that Sandy can up her game there because you can do the exact same thing. And I'd like to hold you accountable too. Up next week, we're going to be talking about content. Content for your business. It's a great way to be attracting new people into your business that you don't even know exist. I'm talking about people who will find you online, you know, through your blog or through social media. But content, what does that even mean? What do you do with it? And where do you put it? That's all up next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. And I look forward to being together again then. Bye for now. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information.